Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Dan Man, and I will be joined soon by Jeff, if he's not already on the line. Um, sorry about the delay, folks. Skype and uh, Blog Talk were conspiring to try to keep us off the air tonight. And uh, so here we are, finally uh, 25 minutes late, um, which, which, is, which is perfect because I, I, I wanted to, not do, I wanted to uh, not do a long show tonight and to um, lay down and kind of uh, – drift away this bullshit that happened to me today. So, but instead, nope, we're 25 minutes late. I'm not going to get to bed early and I blame John. <clears throat> Are you not going to talk now? Can you hear me? Jeff left. Okay. All right. I think I'm on now. Yeah, you are. It said you left and then all of a sudden you were on. That's weird. All right. Because I joined the call. Must I have my volume turned down or something? Oh, look, video. I don't like this. Oh, I see you now. Sorry about that. Hey. When you put your head down like that, it looks like you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Which is my better side? This side or this side? This side that has a microphone blocking part of it. Or this side? Same answer as before. You know, I was going to do it, too. I really, truly was. Anyway... We're on. We're live. We're doing things now. Yes. Yes, we are. And have you ranted yet? No. What's the point? Oh, I don't know that I like the sad sack Shane. Well, sad sack Shane is what I am today. And explain why. Because the fucking access system to get tickets for double or nothing is bullshit. I was logged down right at 2 o'clock Central Time, like when you're supposed to, to, to get tickets, and I was put into the supposedly random queue of batches of people that could order tickets. And I kept getting this message saying that same thing, and that, don't worry, you're, you won't, you, your, line in, your place in line is secure. You will get your turn soon. Well, I did get my turn after 42 minutes, and when I got in there and tried to order tickets... No matter what I did, and I, I, I got the message that uh, there are no tickets available for that, for that price point. By the time I got in, you know, the screen was showing there was only three levels left, the last three levels, which is fine. I wanted the fourth level anyway, the, the $102 tickets, and that's what I was going to get. 
but I couldn't get I couldn't get two of the hundred two dollar tickets. I couldn't get two of the sixty eight dollar and forty cent tickets. I couldn't get two of the thirty eight dollar tickets. I couldn't get um, split tickets anywhere. I couldn't get one of any of the tickets by the time I finally tried that. It was fucking ridiculous. You know, I can I can I can understand them selling out, and that's fine. But don't have it sell out, and then you're still able to get in there and try to buy tickets when you think, you know, thinking, oh, I didn't miss my shot. I, I'm going to actually get in and get them. And maybe if you're if you're selling 14,000 tickets or less for an arena, you shouldn't allow 14,000 people to have a fucking presale code. Um, you know, chances are that not anybody that's going to buy them, or a very small percentage of the people buying tickets, are going to buy just one ticket. People tend to go to these things with friends, with family, things like that. So instead, they sell 14,000, or they, I'm sorry, they give away 14,000 pre-sale codes. And then they allow everybody to buy not one, not two, not four, but six fucking tickets for this thing. Why? I, I've never gone to, to any show of any kind with six goddamn people. Why do you need to buy six tickets to an event when you're going? Um, and then I look online shortly after... I'm not able to get tickets, and people are selling front row tickets for $1,300. People are showing the, selling the $38 tickets for $122. People are showing the $68 tickets for $171. So they may have learned from their mistakes the last time around by doing this pre-sale, but clearly there's still some bugs to work out because there's still plenty of scalpers out there that got tickets when me, a wrestling fan who wanted to go to the show, um, and wanted to be one of the few to be able to say I was at both all in and double or nothing can't go to it um, because I'm not going to go and, and on the resale sites and pay four to five times at least what I would have purchased them with today when I did everything the right way. Um, I think it's bullshit. I don't know how they were doing that random stuff. And I, and I really hope there aren't people that logged in 15 minutes after I did and still got ahead of me in line because they were of the stupid random randomization bullshit they were doing. Um, I think they, I think that your idea earlier where they should have stopped the pre-sales at like midnight on Thursday would have been good. Um, I hope they weren't holding any tickets back from the pre-sale to sell on Wednesday because that would also be bullshit. And um, I'm kind of fed up right now. Um, I'm still I'm still a big big supporter of all elite wrestling. I, I realize that they aren't in control of all that stuff, but I really think that. They were very short-sighted in, built, in booking a four, twelve to fourteen thousand seat arena after they had already sold out over eleven thousand tickets less than a year ago, and I think that they should have they could have done more to make sure wrestling fans were getting the tickets and not um, and not scalpers because that's what happened yet again. I think their biggest problem was the fact that they let people get these pre-sale numbers up until what Sunday night. I believe you know, so. And then they let so anybody that watched the press conference over the weekend got it. And to be honest, I I understand where they were going with it. They wanted to reward the fans. But the reality is is a fan that was there for the press conference or a fan that was there saw it that night should have been rewarded. Anybody else? That's too bad. Because how many people do you think called in multiple times? How many scalpers do you think called in multiple times to get pre-sale codes? Right. Because of the way that they did this. I mean, you still would have had scalpers. You still would have had people screwing with the system, but not to the extent that it did. 
I think right, the other right. because you would you wouldn't have had like the stuff on the internet going well. You know, you can go on here and get a pre-sale code. You know, you you know, they, they, there would have been a lot less scalpers doing it, and a lot more wrestling fans actually able to pay reasonable prices for this event, because then you wouldn't have had scalpers that were already knew in advance that they can go in there and do that kind of thing. I mean, it really should have been just for the fans that watched it on that YouTube special. I agree. I, I agree 110%. And I think you should have had to put in a code maybe in order to get the pre-sale ticket, a code that said that you watched it. Because how many people do you think watched this event and then got on the phone and said, hey, you know, call this number, call this number, call this number and get your tickets? Right. You know, and, and not just that. You know, maybe they should have capped it at like 12,000 people. Or not even that seven. I would, I would I would say well I would say if they were going to do four tickets they should have kept, they should have probably capped it at like six thousand people. Well, I was I was thinking that they could have capped it at seven and did two tickets apiece. Yeah. Because that's, let's that's let's true. face it, if you're going to an event like this, you're probably going with one of your buddies. You're right. not going. You're not going alone. You're not going with seventy four people. You're right. going with you and one of your buddies. And if, and if you have a group of six or eight or ten people that want to go, they better be right there in line, too. Exactly. You know, so that they can get theirs, too. If you don't get two, two seats next to each other, who cares? I can't really, tell you how many or, Raws. I should say more than two seats. Go ahead. I can't tell you how many Raws or Smackdowns or um, Nitros or uh, – any of these other events that I went to where I wasn't sitting with my entire party, you know, where I would, you know, me and me and one friend had tickets over or seats over here than me. And then our, our other friends had tickets or they had seats that were up a little bit higher or on the other side or something. That's just the way it goes. You guys are still there enjoying the show. You just don't need to be sitting on top of each other. I just I think it was short sightedness by allowing fourteen thousand codes in a fourteen seat arena. Yeah. They should and then and then to say, yeah, you can get six thousand or you can get six tickets each. I mean they at their at that math, they were looking at selling eighty thousand tickets. Right. For a fourteen seat arena. That to me is just not good planning. Agreed. And, and like I said, I mean, they said they learned from their last mistakes, and, and this was this compiled other mistakes on top of their last mistakes. So hopefully they'll they'll figure out something else for, um, you know, I, I don't know how big the Jacksonville show is going to be, or you know, I hope they they figure out something for their for the rumored anniversary show in Chicago. But I mean, the way things are looking now, I'm not going to go, get to go to an all elite show for you know a couple of years. So that's that's a, that's a little bit uh, disappointing, considering I was at you know all in and I was a big supporter of them. Um, both, you know, in person and, uh, with with my friends and on the air about them forming this organization and about this show coming up in May. Um, I, I, how many times did I tell you, Jeff, that they're going to have a, sh- a show in May? Oh yeah, I mean, you were more on board with what they were doing than I was, and I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of the Bucks and the the way that they promote things and Cody jumping on board, and I, I'm a huge fan of of what they do. But you had more faith in what they were doing than I did. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that alone is just, it's, it's a travesty to me. It's, that's just a travesty. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did, I did tweet them, I think yesterday asking them about possibility of press credential, you know, for our, for me to, for me to get for our show. And I and they never responded back to me on that either, but you know, whatever, it's fine. 
I'll still watch. Oh. You know, I'll still watch. I'll still watch it on Fight TV, and I'll still support the organization. It just. Um, I'm just very disappointed at this moment. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out with an app, with a streaming app. Um, that's the other thing is that is that they should is that they could they should come up with that app. You should have to pay a certain amount to be like a like a premium member of the fan club, like Ring of Honor club. does. And then right, and then and then you get then you get the and then you that's how you should get your pre your pre access to the to the shows. Yeah, and I mean, or you get. Get them uh, the pay per views free because you pay an extra thirty dollars a year or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean there's, and I'm sure some scalpers would still would still get it for that because they would still make a have a good profit margin. But it would certainly, I think, would uh, would be something they have to think twice about them. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know it. I, I, it's learning. Unfortunately, it's it's learning curves. I mean, it, it's nobody in the organization. Yeah, they're promoting it. Yes, they promoted All In. Yes, they saw how quickly All In sold out. So they tried to do right by the fans. But in all reality, there's nobody in in that circle and in that ch- in charge of all this that is used to this kind of momentum. I, they're not used to having. To being uh, right now, they haven't well, even put well, on the, well. The con should be. I mean, the con should be for for you know just just for their English their English Premier League and for the you know for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I realize they've not they've been kind of struggling lately, but I mean they've also had times where they were one of the top teams in the league. So I mean, they also they, they also deal with forty, fifty, sixty thousand seat stadiums that have season ticket holders that pretty much fill it up. Oh, so it, it it's not like they're going and putting on a one day sales event. You know, they've got, if, if they're anything like, I mean, the Vikings, well, look at the Green Bay Packers, for Christ's sake. They've got a 40,000-seat stadium that is all season ticket holders. Yeah, I, I think the last I heard is that you'd have to wait for like a 1,000 years in order to get tickets for the, to see the Packers. At the rate that it's going, yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they're, it's every, one, every seat in that building is a season ticket holder. Right. You know, and that, I mean, when you've got that kind of, So for them to even, I mean, yeah, you would hope the cons would have that kind of, um, I I don't know what to say, uh, that kind of foresight. But in all reality, how many of their tickets are season ticket holders? You know, how many are, and then they don't sell per event that's a traveling event. They sell for their stadium that is there. They know when the schedule is. They've got tickets out for sale for these um for these games months ahead of time you know so it it's not i just don't think and i think it's a learning experience i think they'll learn from this i think they'll get better at it but in a way it's kind of like these are guys that were never really in the backstage area they never really got the booking side from a, a big promotion like WWE or New Japan they never got even on a smaller level with Impact or Ring of Honor. So for them to come into this and and give the effort that they're giving, I get where they were coming from. I love the fact that they that they were trying to do what was right for their fans. But at the same time, you would have thought at least one person would have said, hey, we're giving out 14,000 codes. We only have a 13,000-seat arena. Um, what and then we're going to let them buy six a piece. You know, you got to figure. Let's say we give out, 
10,000 codes, 2,000 people decide they're at the last minute that they were just caught up in the hype and they're not going to buy it. Regardless, you, you give out 7,000 codes, two people ticket max, or you know, two ticket max to each one of these codes, and let's say 2,000 people don't uh, decide to call in. Well, then you still have 4,000 tickets that are going to sell out in a heartbeat when it comes time for the actual ticket release. Right, right now, or I mean, you have then you still have three months to sell four thousand tickets. I mean, it's just well, and a show this size would have sold those tickets in a half an hour again. You know, four thousand right. tickets in half an hour, and that's I mean, that's just the way that economics works. Is you you give out half of what you give out what you expect, and you expect half those people to not show up. So, you know, it, it's fair to say 7,000, you give out 7,000 codes, two p- tickets apiece to fill a 14,000-seat arena. It's fair to say that only 5,000 of those codes are going to be redeemed. That still leaves you 4,000 tickets that you can actually offer to the general public on your actual release day. Right. And and, and now, you know, I'm not, even, I'm not even going to be excited if they say they're going to release more tickets like they did for uh, Supercard for G1 Supercard because um, or or they did for All Win just because it's you know what's the point of trying again you know well and at this point how are they going to I mean when they were talking about it I I don't know if you saw the B and the Elite where they were talking about the the stadium and Cody was um, they were joking about how they were going to round up ticket sales to fourteen thousand but it will max seat like thirteen hundred and forty seven or something like that. You know, it's. I mean, they're maxed out. There are no more tickets to release. Okay, because I had heard before that depending on the setup, it could sell. It could for a wrestling event. It could it could do up to seventeen thousand. Oh, really? I guess I hadn't mm-hmm. heard that. It's it's a possibility. I, I'm just going off of what what I saw online with them and um, the being the elite thing. And they and then if they do release like three thousand more tickets, and I know that I was like you know basically the next person in line to get tickets, I'm going to be pretty fucking pissed. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm already pissed, but I don't need to be pissed a second time, you know. Um, well, the, I know, mean, I, 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 I can, you know, I can move my hotel room, stay. My wife and I kind of decided we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep the hotel room, but just change dates on it, and they'll give us more time to save up just to have fun in Vegas and stuff. But at the same time, it's just, it's really heartbreaking that that happened. Let's go for a weekend when tickets aren't seven hundred dollars a piece to yeah. fly there, you know, and then maybe uh, Susan and I can come with you. Yeah, that's what, that would be cool. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a nice Vegas run. The only problem is that you'd have to figure out a way to to um, talk to this pest dispenser about watching Arlo for longer. Mm. We would just have to schedule. It. There has been some changes in the Pez dispenser. Oh. Yeah, we've been talking so much about wrestling. I haven't told you about my personal life in the last two weeks. <laughs> Well, no, you did, I, and I and I know there's been issues, but I didn't know what exactly. But I don't know uh, the uh, resolutions to those issues, I suppose. Yeah, we kind of came to a resolution. So it, without uh, it, without you without us having to hire a hitman, because that was on the it, table at one point. Remember? It, that was on the table at least a dozen times. Okay. Speaking of hitman, um, how far into MLW are you? He's gonna be at the fucking Starcade too, and I'm Starcast too. I'm not gonna get to see him. Thanks for bringing up the hitman again. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I am still, I, so confused at this moment. 
Hitman and Stinger, two of the people that have been announced to be at StarCast 2, which is going to be the same, which I was planning on going to while I was at Double or Nothing. As in Brad Hart? Yeah. Can dude even get on a plane anymore? I thought after his last stroke, he wasn't allowed to fly. Well, they still make buses and trains, dude. Wow. Maybe he'll glide in. Now I just want to go to StarCast. I don't even care about the show. If Brett's going to be there, I want to do it. Oh, I I do care about the show because I'm just I I can't imagine being in Las Vegas knowing that event is happening and not being able to go to it. Yeah, we should go to it and just sit in the hotel room and watch it on pay per view. <laughs> you just said you can't afford plane tickets. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Oh, dude, I can't. When I saw what the plane tickets were going to be, I was like, ah, uh, nope. We're not doing that, honey. Let's uh, let's plan for something else. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, the, well, because I, I, mean, I, I, I haven't seen any pictures of the seen any pictures. When you when you look at that. Vegas, yeah, go ahead. When you when you look at Vegas, Vegas is cheap because they want you to get there. They want you to spend money. They they want you to save the money that you can. You know, you save. You get really cheap airfare. You get really cheap hotel rooms because they want you to spend the money in the casinos. But, but, but for, not on Memorial Weekend. <laughs> not on Memorial Weekend when there's a major <laughs> event in town. Holy crap! I. I'm, when when we were looking up tickets, because I've looked them up before, and the tickets that we were looking up, the cheapest we could find was five times normal. For which kind of t- – for the plane tickets? Yeah, for the plane tickets to get there. Well, we found, like, tickets for – I think it was, like, for $266 a piece. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. On, uh, I, think it was Sun, I think it was Sun Country Air. I, we kind of tapped out too. Um, part of it's because thanks to a um, partner of mine uh, um, that I work with, he gave me a, a nice little Christmas bonus. Um, so we had, you know, we had enough money to pay for two hundred sixty-six dollar tickets apiece. But the problem is, what we were finding when we were looking was like five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollar tickets. Well, right, because you were looking for a specific airline because of, because of what you had. Right, and I guess that was kind of a spendy airline too. So, yeah, yeah, but we, yeah, we can definitely we can definitely talk about uh, possibility of, of finding a different time to go together. Um, I, I actually had mentioned it to um, to my wife that the suite that we booked says it can seat four people and or sleep four people, and she's like, "What's your point?" And I said, "Well, Jeff and Susan could go with us, except I didn't see Susan." And she's like, I'm not sharing a hotel with anybody but you. So. <laughs> wow. Speaking of which, kudos on your uh, your um, wife's recent changes. I, I'm still having a, I'm still having a hard time recognizing her. It looks stunning though now, doesn't she? Oh, absolutely. But I'm I'm still having a hard time recognizing her. Like I see her and I'm like, that's not really her. Wait, no, it is. So, yeah, it'll, yeah. It'll, it's going to take some time. I'm getting used to it. Yeah, it, it she definitely. Looks, but, she looks, but she looks great. So. Yeah, she does. She does. So that was a that was a good decision on her part. I think so. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about this all all elite stuff. Let's let's, let's get. Do off you want to do that? Wait, do you want to do that? Because I'm kind of thinking with the bitching that we were doing with um all elite, it might not be a bad idea to take a tiny little step back. And talk about some more pressing news. Did you watch the show from last night? Did you watch that main event? I did watch the main event. 
I would have to say that I kind of got bored with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's the match itself, but I'm talking more about the result. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I told you a month ago that uh, Jay White was going to leave this show with the, with the world title, and he did. So I thought I thought he was going to um, – I didn't think he was going to leave this one. I thought they were going to push him out to, like, Dominion at this point. Because what was the point of having Tanahashi win the belt if he's going to lose it on his first defense? Because they had to have somebody take it off Omega before Omega left the company. No, I mean, well, Tanahashi was winning this belt whether Omega stayed or not. I don't think Plain so. Because they couldn't. That was the storyline. It was his redemption tour. He had no choice but winning this, winning the belt. Yes, but you can you can have a redemption tour and still lose if you had like a strong showing and you almost win. Not the way that they built this one out. Disagree. I, and see, I, I just I think with the way that they built this one out, there was nothing they could do but have him win. And I think the whole thing, and I think the whole thing was originally built to 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 grow to really show that Omega was the ace after beating the last two aces of the company. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I I get that they needed to find a transitional champion. Um, I just think I think with the result that we got. And for people that don't know, we're talking about the New Beginning show that just happened in Osaka. Um, you know, from what I looked at, there really wasn't much in this entire New Beginning, what, three nights that I really cared much about? Well, I really want to see the uh, make the uh, Evil Sonata yes. versus... GSJ versus, Evil. Versus, no, 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 no. The Evil Sonata versus GSJ and... Um, Suzuki, oh, Suzuki. Yeah. yeah, from night one, and then Evil and ZSJ from night two, and I kind of have a little bit of curiosity in the Sonata versus Suzuki match from night two as well. Oh, I've seen that, and it wasn't it wasn't that great. It was Suzuki okay. doing Suzuki. Well, but the tag team title match between the IWGP champions and the Rev Pro champions, that interests, that interests me greatly. I just haven't had a chance to, to get to it yet. Yeah, because I was away from my Eric Church weekend. I have a lot of interest in that match, too. Um, I, and I, I think both, well, now that you said Sonata, Suzuki sucked. I don't know I want to watch it. But, um, I, well, I mean, it's, the thing is that if, if you can put aside the Suzuki bullshit, it was a good match. But I have a, I have a, have a really hard time with that. You know, I, mean, I, really, I have a really hard time when he just when he's losing the match, so he takes it outside, drags a guy 500 feet to the back, hits him a zillion times with a chair, and then gets back in the ring like nothing happened. And giggles the whole time he's doing it. Yeah, but I mean the referees don't give a shit. They don't do anything. Yeah, but you get Don Callis just scared out of his mind. That alone is great. No, I mean, it, I mean, but, it, 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 well, first of all, Don Callis wasn't even commenting the show. And, and secondly, was on this one. I didn't say he wasn't on this one. I said he wasn't on the one that, that match took place. Oh, okay. I, attention. You're cutting, <laughs> in, you're, you're cutting in and out. I don't know if it's my internet or yours. Oh, I don't in fact, I think, I think it uh, might be mine. So um, you talk for a few seconds while I go get my router. Yeah. So so anyway, Suzuki, you know, he always does that bullshit where he he brings his opponent out to the ring. He he walks him down. I'm going to say a good fifty to a hundred feet down the ramp. He throws. He hits him with chairs. He throws chairs on top of them. Hits him with another chair. 
throws him into the barricades, and the referees just admonish him and don't do a thing to disqualify him, and it, it just and it drives me nuts. I mean, I mean, there's there's just if there's going to be rules, there should be rules. If there's not going to be rules, then let everybody do that kind of shit. Let everybody you know? just let's just go back to ECW and let everyone have a hardcore match. Exactly. I get it. No, I I totally get that. Um, I but back to what I was explaining here. Um, last night, well, would that have been early this morning? I suppose. Uh, for those of us stateside, um, you know, in England, uh, where where one of our buddies is, um. You know, it was probably mid-afternoon for you, but uh, Jay White beat uh, Tanahashi to win the IWGP Heavyweight Title with the, uh, with the switchblade clean in the middle of the ring. Exactly, and the match itself it was slow, but it told an amazing story with the knees again. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just I'm just laughing because. Every, I've been the one that's yeah, every other Tanahashi match. You say you know what you're going to get from a Tanahashi match. His knee's going to go. Somebody's going to go after his knee, then he's going to go after the other guy's knee, and you get a battle of hurt knees. And now in this match, when it happens, because Jay White's the opponent, it's an amazing story. No, 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 no. That's not what I say. What I say is that um, you're going. You what you get is you got Tanahashi, who gets his knee beat up to the point he can't stand. But then he's able to jump up on the top rope and deliver three high-fi flows in a matter of 15 seconds. Yes, you've made both both those criticisms before. They're, they are not so, they do not um, cancel each other out. I just I this was this was both are true criticism, and you and you and you have made both criticisms before. Have I made the other one? I don't think I've made the other one. You have. No, because I don't care not, about that. Not uh, how was that? Wow, you are bitter tonight. <laughs> I am bitter. I'm very bitter. It like, was not a good Shane day. Uh, I'm sorry, man. It was a good Shane weekend, but not a good Shane day today. But what do you think about now? I think this is a month too late. I seriously believe, and I said it. We said it. In no, the lead it's not up a month to, too late. He he had he had to overcome Okada before he overcame Tanahashi. Not necessarily, because I That's don't... Not necessarily, because I said so. I don't think that... Um, Jay White was the hottest commodity in NJPW going into Wrestle Kingdom. You have the Golden Boy, and, and I get your point about two gaijins in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, um, but the reality is, is you had Switchblade, who was on a roll, Kenny Omega, who was out going... who we thought we knew was going to leave. Um, but that would have made a great passing of the torch type moment where this didn't feel like that passing of the torch type moment. Like it did when Okada, when Omega beat Okada. Well, right. But well, Tanahashi was also on a roll. So, I mean, it, it did make sense for, for from that perspective. I mean, I agree. This is not, this is not really a passing of the torch moment. Uh, you know, I mean, unless, unless you want to, you know, just simply say that Tanahashi was the ace before he lost to Okada, and then and then he won the title back, and then and then he passed the torch to to White. I mean, I mean, I completely agreed. It, w- it would have been a better torch torch passing moment if it was Okada beating White, or even but Omega. I, if if Omega well, if if White had beat Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, would have been a great passing of the torch moment too. Right, but you because said it yourself, they're not going to put two Gaijins in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. 
Well, that's what you said. I disagree. I think they should have. But I, I am. I'm not going. I'm not saying whether they should or shouldn't have. I'm saying it's never going to happen. Right. Exactly. And that that makes me sad. But well, I mean, all, you're sad about something. Regardless, regardless, we thought it. I I was hoping it would happen a month ago. The fact that it finally has happened. We've been saying this for six months now that Jay White is going to be an IWGP heavyweight champion. He's going to be the fan, uh, one of the four pillars. And he stepped right into that role. They lost Kenny Omega. They gained Jay White. And with all the Twitter buzz, with his um, post-match, post-match conversation, his post-match promo, go get it, Arlo. With his post-match uh, promo and everything in that, Remind me again why I'm a father. Well, you see, when two people love each other very much... Wow. I didn't think you were going there. (laughs) Arlo Arlo is showing some interest in wrestling today. I don't want to taste your pop. Okay, there. Now you taste it. Wow. Oh, you gotta do that? Okay. Um, So... Where was I? Oh, um, you know, you've got, we've been saying for six months that Jay White is going to be a major, major, major star, one of the four pillars going forward. And he stepped up and took that role. That, to me, was what NJPW needs going forward. And with the whole back and forth, his promo after the match, the Twitter um, Twitter fight that he got with Naito, I, I'm kind of all in that Naito is going to win the New Japan Cup and it's going to be uh, a LAJ Bullet Club feud going forward. I'd be fine with that. I mean, I mean, I think one I think one good reason why White should have won the championship at in at Osaka instead of winning it in Tokyo is simply the, you know the name of, the name of these events is the New Beginning. Right, and and this is a new beginning for uh, a gaijin at the top of New Japan. It's a new beginning for for Bullet Club. It's a new beginning for White, and this gives everybody a chance to to Reset. join to join the uh, to, to join the Cutthroat era and breathe with the Switchblade. Well, and and I like I like the fact that you know he, his entire promo his entire promo was about. Um, about being a a new era, the Switchblade era, you know, it just I, it it's kind of an interesting story when you think about it too, because one of Naito's biggest knocks for ever was the fact that he was that reluctant um, new blood type champion that didn't embrace the old ways, and now you've got. Jay White, who clearly doesn't embrace the old ways. Now these two are going to be feuding. How are, are they going to be feuding as a new generation, or are they going to be feuding as, you know, the old school versus the new school? It, it just there's so many possibilities going forward here. Uh, What's I, interesting is that Naito started to embrace, you know, the the traditions at Wrestle Kingdom, but maybe Jericho for the. Intercontinental Championship, and he's actually showing right. that he's cherishing it now instead of um, 
discarding it and, and uh, disrespecting it. So, and so if you look at and, and but you know my my issue, you know, one thing I, I hadn't thought about till you just mentioned it though is that I'm not I'm not really sure that. Naito versus Jay White is a main event that sells Supercard. I mean, I realize they're already sold out at Madison Square Garden, but as far as selling pay-per-view buys, I'm not sure I that's going to be a match that sells. No, I don't think so either, because I don't think that is what they want, what you want there. I think there needs to be an American... And I, I don't want to sound racist or anything, but just because of the target audience that they're targeting for this event, because if you think about it, what time is it in Japan when this event's going to be live? It's two in the morning. Nobody's going to be, nobody's as crazy as you and I are to wake up at two o'clock in the morning to watch a wrestling event. You know, so they're not looking for their buys coming from Japan. They're looking for their pay-per-view buys coming from the States. So right. we're going to end up getting a state-born gaijin against Jay White at, at that G1 Supercard. I think that night. Are they, are they, are they, they going to bring Billy Gunn back? Because, because I mean, <laughs> there's, there's. I mean, who's the I big name that's, go, that's going to do that, man? I mean, I mean, you've got. I mean, it's not going. I mean, Juice, Juice fucking Robinson. I'd really doubt it. But I mean, that's, I mean to I mean, be honest, got, that's cause, their cause, biggest cause, name right now. That it is. that is their, and that's. But and, you got to think that when they had this plan in place, they had a, a could that could have been a um, rematch of Jay White Omega. It could have been Cody sliding in that spot. You know, they had you know, a couple different options to go with. Now we're in a position where they've got to scramble. They've got three months here to get a legitimate American-born Gaijin as a as a threat. Exactly, and that and, and that, that was my point: is that if that's the plan, still they're in trouble because they don't have one. I mean, are they going to throw? Seven million dollars at CM Punk to get him to wrestle one match, you know. I mean, I mean, who really out there is a big American star that could that could be part of that? I mean, AJ Styles won't be free. Um, Dean Ambrose won't she, be free yet. At that actually, point. they both might be, isn't it? April. It's the middle of April, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, it's not the middle of April. It's April sixth. I, I, I don't. I don't think either one of them are, are contract um, expires before WrestleMania. Dean Ambrose does. I don't think so. I, I, it's, I was, in, it's, it's in April, but I don't think it's before WrestleMania. And, it, and if it is, I'm, still, I'm sure he's still going to have a no-compete no clause. I, there was something I was reading somewhere, and it kind of shocked me because I can't see after what happened with Jeff Jarrett in China, anybody ever screwing up a uh, contract again. But for some reason, I had, and somewhere I read that his contract is up April 1st. Dean okay. Ambrose is. Even if it is, how do you promote a show oh, with yeah, five days promote. to go? You can't promote that. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, he could possibly show up there, but I mean, if that's the case, he could possibly show up there, but you can't book, you can't book and promote a match with a guy that may or may not show up. No, know? I agree with you. I don't think there's anybody that's, a viable, that's viable at this point to challenge Jay White. So it's going to end up being probably Naito. And at that same point, and you just said it too, I can't see that. I can't see that selling tickets. But here's a twist. And this, this is something that also happened in last night's show that, uh, you know, 
it, because it was so new, maybe people haven't heard about it. Kota Ibushi shows up and announces that he is staying in New Japan and he's entering the New Japan Cup. And that sucks. Yeah, I agree. For and, the and, fan. And, and, and it surprises me because, because of how close he and Kenny are. But anyway, go ahead. Um, the uh, I lost my train of thought. So I could see Kota Ibushi winning the New Japan Cup and challenging him at uh, at the G1 Supercard. I think there's enough fan stateside because of his uh, relationship with Kenny Omega over the years that he could very well slot into that spot and sell tickets. That's a good point. Um, and you know the other thing I was thinking about earlier with, uh, and, I, and I guess you know what we'll get we'll we'll about, talk about that when we get back to all elite. Never mind. So. Well, and then anyway. you've got, and then that sets up Naito and Jay White for Dominion, which gives them a good six months to build that feud. To to build a Bushi versus Naito. No, to build uh, Jay White versus Naito. Oh, for Dominion. Yeah. Okay, so you get a you get Ibushi versus White at G one at the G1 Supercard because Ibushi wins his New Japan Cup, and then you get uh, they build the feud between Naito and Jay White up until Dominion. I still think Jay White goes into Wrestle Kingdom as the champion. I think he's in store for a long, long reign. Wouldn't you rather see Ibushi versus Osprey at G one again? No, I, because I. <laughs> The placement of them is never going to be a spot where when one of them is the um, never-open champion, the placement of their match is not going to be in a spot where they can do what they need to do and not steal the show. And we learned our lesson with them opening up Wrestle Kingdom. You can't have the best match of the night be the opening match. And these two are the type of wrestlers that can give you the best night or the best match of the night every time they're in the ring, regardless of their opponent. But when they're together, it's almost magical. And we, they borderlined on stealing the show at Wrestle Kingdom. Unfortunately, you know, Jay White and Okada put on a much, much better match. But I don't, I don't want to see those two match up at, at G1 Supercard or Dominion. I, I want to see, if they're going to do a rematch of those two, I want to see it at Wrestle Kingdom, like the second or third main event. Hmm. Okay, that's fair enough. But the, uh, I, oh, I had a thought, and it's gone. Never mind. Carry on. <laughs> What I was what I was going to say about uh, and, and you know maybe this maybe this is a good transition back into El Leader maybe maybe you know you have more points you want to make I don't know but um, you know Ibushi staying there could possibly be like a uh, an olive branch you know to uh, to try to you know follow the sides there and get all elite to work with New Japan again but one thing you know I was thinking so I was thinking about that today I was thinking you know you know about how, you know, I had said before that New Japan is probably only sticking with ROH until after G1 Supercard, and then they would, and then I would expect that they were, they'll break that relationship. But then All Elite came out and announced that they have a partnership now with AAA. 
<laughs> triple triple A is not the organ is not the Mexican organization that New Japan has a partnership with. Nope. You, know, they, you know, they have a partnership with CMLL. So I don't think New Japan would necessarily partner with AEW anymore because then they'd they then they'd also be partnering with Triple A, which is which is CMLL's, you know, biggest competitor. So and- so it, it seems unlikely at this point that any time in the in the near future, at least, that AEW and New Japan are going to be on the same page. Well, and there was something else that came out today that it's this time it, this. Yeah, what came out today is that I didn't get any fucking get my fucking tickets. Well, but it's exciting. This this right now what we're going through is is exciting because unlike what. WCW and WWE went through back in the 90s with the whole Monday Night Wars and everything. This is a brand new promotion that's starting up. But they're starting up with the kind of WCW buzz that they had back in in the 90s. So today, the news that I saw... Or or are they starting with the kind of ECW buzz they had back in the 90s? No, they're starting with the WCW buzz. Okay. I, I seriously... Because they are... Where ECW was always that third redheaded stepchild type of thing, WCW was always the place to go. If you were leaving WWE and you wanted to have, or WWF at the time, and you wanted to have your name thrown out there, you went to WCW. And that's where AEW is right now. They're already at that point, and they haven't put on a match yet. So, but... I saw in one of my little news flashes that came across that Kenny Omega has announced that AEW is open to the possibility of a working relationship with WWF, WWE. Well, I'm sure they are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I have some... any, Any organization in the world should be open to a working relationship with WWE. I mean, it would be stupid, stupid not to be. But I, but, but I mean, is WWE ever going to be have an open, be open to working with an organization that could be could possibly be possibly a competitor rather than somebody like Evolve or Progress? Chances are, likely not. At least not no. while Vince McMahon is still running it. But here's what here's what I was my my thought on that was. Yeah, I mean, of course we know everybody would want to be working with WWE, but for first of all, somebody from AEW to come out and say it that is a big, especially an executive, um, to come out and say it, that's a huge thing. But as um, if, a, if, in case as you a never fan, paid attention to Kenny Omega before, he basically says whatever the fuck he wants to say. That's a good point. All right. I'm um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. As a fan, is that something you would truly want to see? Um, I wouldn't. I think it depends. I think, I think it depends on how it works. Like, if if it were some kind of of a talent exchange program where both sides kind of had to agree on say, say that it was say that it was it was set up like a uh, like a trade between like major league baseball teams or nba teams or something where but instead of trading players you're trading performers for a certain length of time um, almost like a double excursion going on, but but both but both organizations had to agree to who they would take. 
then I think that I think it would work really well for both sides. And I think and it is something I'd like to see. I think if that's the way they were going to do it, that'd be great. What I'm more concerned about is the difference in styles between the two, the way that the two organizations wrestle. You've got a WWE style of wrestling. Well, 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 wait, and then wait, you wait, have... wait, wait, wait. We don't know that yet. We don't know what the style is going to be in, in all elite, on all elite yet. We know what we want it to be. We know what we hope it to be. We know what the Bucks and, and Hangman and Cody and Kenny usually do, but we don't know. And we've seen what all in is, but we don't know for sure going forward exactly how they're going. I mean, that's a fair point. Um, like Impact, is it going to be like ROH? Is it going to be like NJPW? Will it be like NXT? Will it be like WWE? Will it be some kind of hybrid of all of them? We have no idea yet. I just, for the love of, I mean, I think that most organizations are pretty much similar where you've got the WWE that just stands out as a sore thumb. And it is something that is so, so, so very different. Well, what WWE... Okay, so here's here's what where I think WWE typically makes its missteps. Um, number one, they typically go more for comedy than they do for the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, they follow a very set pattern and refuse to roll organically with the crowds mm-hmm. and, and how the wrestlers are getting over. Um, and number three, they are dead set on having a heel versus face dynamic in an era when that should have been gone by the wayside years ago. Uh, I agree. I, I, I don't think that AEW will make any of those particular mistakes. Um, so, so I don't think I'm going to anything to worry about with that, but I mean, I mean, there's, there's probably, you know, actually the, the fourth thing I will say WWE does is they get, they get caught in the past. You know, they, they, they will never let, you know they're they're gonna, they will not leave a single little bit of cash on the table if they think that anybody can earn them one more red cent. Um, well, so, so they're never going to let you know. You know that's why Undertaker's never fade into the sunset. That's why they keep bringing back, back Brock Lesnar. It's why they keep having Triple H wrestle at the big events. Um, it's why they're not going to let go of John Cena completely. They're they're always want to keep that little thing in their back pocket to try to make money off of. Off of the past, which is which I have no problem with, if they were actually using it for nostalgia purposes rather than um, trotting them out four times a year and acting like they are the biggest parts of the show. Right. I mean, I mean, no. I mean, I mean, really the main event of their of their uh, Saudi Arabia show, or was it the Australia show? I can't remember which one, but it was it was Shawn Michaels and Triple H against the Undertaker and Kane. I mean, yeah, was, really. I mean, it was DX versus the. Um, no, it wasn't DX. Scru- I will not. I will not call those two together alone. DX. I will. Well, not. but that was what their selling point was. This is DX against the uh, blood or the. What were it? Not the Bludgeon Brothers. Brothers of Destruction. And I mean that. I mean that was their selling point. But I, it's. I agree with you that it, that's the biggest. One of the bigger problems I have with WWE and the way they promote things now, but we have to – I kind of think we have to clarify. When we're talking about WWE and we, we use those letters, we're talking about the main roster only. 
because I still think that they do, even though there is some WWE influence into NXT and UK and even 205, they're completely different styles of shows. I don't see any reason to designate it that way because, to me, NXT is NXT and WWE is WWE. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're, I mean, yes, WWE owns NXT and it is their, it is their proving ground or their minor league or whatever the hell you want to call them, their developmental league, but they're clearly booked differently by different people. That yeah, exactly. I mean, and they're they're they're. NXT seems to take more chances on people. They seem to. I mean, granted, they've passed. They've, you know, missed the boat on a few people here and there. Kenny Omega is a perfect example. But um, for the most part, they are different brands. But I know there's a lot of people out there that when you say WWE, it comes under one big umbrella. Well, then those people are ridiculous. And I just want want that clarified on this show, that when we talk about WWE, we're talking about main Mm -hmm. roster. Anything okay. else? Anything else? We'll refer to as NXT or UK or 205 Live. But if we if we use the terms WWE, we're not talking about Johnny Gargano. We're not talking about Tommaso Ciampa. We're not talking about Pete Dunne. Until we're they talk- get pro- until, until they get promoted and disappear into the void. Exactly. Then we'll talk. Yeah. But um, I think right now would be a good time to take a break. We're talking about um, NXT, and I have a couple of well, – I have a question when we come back on the other side of the break here because the WWE Performance Center, NXT, released a list of their brand-new recruits, the latest class of recruits. And I don't know if you've seen this yet. Nope, I haven't. And I know you also wanted to blow my mind with some, de- with some defiant stuff, too. Yeah, we'll get there. I, I don't know about blowing your mind. I think it'll probably swear you off defiant forever. We're not going to um, blow anything else on me, I'll tell you that. Much. Ouch. Regardless of what <laughs> Shane is saying, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the new uh, new performance people that or the new people that were signed to the Performance Center in NXT. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Kingdom of Honor, and Jeff's going to, to instruct me on who NXT's new uh, class of recruits is. I feel like I'm in the big man's chair in the show. I've been kind of running the flow of the show and talking about where we should go next. I have no, th- I have no flow tonight, dude. I have no game it, tonight. I feel like I'm in the big chair. I kind of, I got my big boy pants on. So. Yes, but yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But, but you know what? I also have... Um, well, we call it a high chair, actually, and you, got, you kind of have to eat at, the, at that little table I put there. Wow. That's, that's mean. Um, so anyway, uh, new recruits coming to the Performance Center. A couple of notable names that I want to get your, um, your take on. Uh, from NXT, we've got Trevor Lee. Or not from NXT, I'm sorry. From Impact, Trevor Lee has signed a deal with the Performance Center now. Um, Trevor Lee. Uh, he, he, I he, like he, he was he was one of the most unique talents on the indies and now he's on in NXT and he's probably going to end up getting wasted. I hope I'm I, wrong. I I think he I think he belongs elsewhere. Um I'm I'm excited to see what he does there because I like Trevor Lee, but I I'm just 
I'm I'm not sure that he's a fit for WWE's in, in any particular in, in any style of theirs. I'm afraid they're not going to know how to use him. Uh, Impact knew how to use him, even in their little whatever they were doing with Eli Drake uh, towards what August September of last year. Mm-hmm. They still understood how to use Trevor Lee. I'm afraid that the WWE is not going to know how to do that with that is, kind is, of guy. Isn't that what I? Isn't that kind of what I just said? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I don't. Yeah, yes and no. I, I just think that uh, I, I want to have faith in um, Triple H because I don't think he has screwed up much since he's taken over NXT. But at the same point. Trevor Lee fits a mold that the WWE usually typecasts a guy of his size and, and ability into. And I just think he's so much better than that mold that they usually would put a guy like that in. Oh, definitely. Um, another guy that kind of jumped out at me here was ACH. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was the same thing I did. He, his run, did I ask you this already? How far into MLW are you? You asked me. I didn't answer you. I still have not watched past the 10th episode. Oh, dude, seriously. I'm like 27 here. You got to get caught up. Yep, you listened to, you listened to almost all of them. You barely watched any of it. So there. I've gone back and watched the matches that matter. Like anything, Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart is becoming one of my favorites right now. Um, well, you know, you, they, tell, you, tell the, you tell the other organizations that we follow to stop having so many shows, and uh, I'll and I'll get caught up on that. I can't listen to it all day at work like you do. I don't listen to it all day at work. Uh huh. You've already gone. Far, you've already gone farther than I forbid you to. So they all just stop watching it all together out of protest. Don't listen to him. Anyone from work that might be listening to this. You're, you're, you're ignoring the fact that I forbid you to go to a certain place, and you, and you went right past it with no remorse whatsoever. You were just taking too much time. Yeah, well, you're not, watching the, you're not listening to The Punisher either, so I don't know why the hell you had to go do that instead. You could, you could have got caught up on The Punisher. That's a good point. Now I feel like a horrible human. You're welcome. Anyway, ACH, he, uh, he's making his run to NXT. Um, I love the way he's booked in MLW. Absolutely love it. He is booked the way that he should be booked. And much like Trevor Lee, I think he's going to be typecast and he's not going to get the run that he wants. The run that he deserves. Um, Another guy that got signed by NXT, and I'm going to save the worst for last. So... Just keep that in mind when you hear this next name. A uh, guy who well, did, wait, uh, well, wait, 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 no, me. I, I, I have more to say about about ACH. Um, okay. He's an absolutely phenomenal talent, great character, great ability in the ring, and I think he'll have some outstanding matches in, in NXT. Um, I want to see I, him I, and Keith Lee, to be honest. Him and Keith Lee. I want to see him against Ricochet. Um, oh, Ricochet I, would be amazing. I want to see him against Johnny Gargano. I want to see him against Tom, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, but, but ultimately I, I do, I'm sure I've seen him against Adam Cole before, but I'd I'd like to see that again too, but, um, and definitely against Kyle O'Reilly, but, um, you know, I was trying to think of that today. I know when he, they were both ring of honor, we saw him against Kyle O'Reilly, but I don't remember ever seeing him against Adam Cole. Yeah. I was trying to cage match or something. I was trying to think of that today. Go, uh, when I first saw this announcement come out, I was like, wait a minute. 
you know, I remember I remember his matches against Kyle O'Reilly, and I can't wait to see those again. Um, but I don't ever remember him against Adam Cole. Well, I'm going to look which it is, up right now. Which is but... odd because those two were, you know, they were all there at the same time. They were all on the same level. But I just, I nothing sticks out. But then again, at that time, too, Adam Cole was so green that he was almost unwatchable until he became a member of Bullet Club. Um, Adam Cole was t- took on ACH night one of Supercard of Honor in 2016. Really? So it's been less than, so it's been less than three years. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I don't remember that. I don't remember that match at all. Um, so you know, you know, where I was going was there's a lot of great stuff for ACH to do in NXT, I just can't see him succeeding on the main roster the way WWE is booked, and I and I and I really, you know, I hope he makes his money and gets out. I guess, I guess, you know, that, that's really that really be, would be the best thing for him. I think. Part of me is getting a little bit scared with uh, the roster in NXT because they're starting to get in, run into the same problem that the main roster has: too much talent that we want to see, not enough TV time. I yeah. mean, the NXT UK was a great way to separate some of the some of that talent, but where else can they go? You know, and right now with the this new class that came in, you've got three solid solid guys, two that are that are main event players right off the gate with Trevor Lee and ACH, um, and where are they going to put all these guys? They've already got a, a maxed out main event lineup now that Velveteen Dream has pretty much joined that ranks. It's just You know, when you know when when CM Punk left WWE, I don't know if I sent you this article or not, Jeff, but I but I wrote a column of the Northern Star that I called The Desolation of Smaug. Um and and Smaug in that instance was Stephanie McMahon and the Uber game, as I as I called him at the time. Um, but really, when you look at what WWE has been doing lately, don't they remind you of Smaug? I'm just, just trying to kind of. gather all the treasure in Middle Earth and bury it all in, in a mountain um, so nobody else can have any of it? Yeah, that does. Yeah, it does. Um, and I hate the fact that I'm now thinking of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, another guy that... And like I said, I'm going to save the worst for last because I think you're going to have some thoughts on that. But another guy that came across uh, is a guy who was in a pay-per-view la- on Saturday night against Nathan Cruz, Amari Parker. <laughs> he is now a member of, NX- of NXT UK. He's now a job runner of NXT UK. They can oh, have- I'm sorry. Amari Palmer. His last name is Palmer. I don't care. Get fucking him. I, I, I wanted I, – I, that was one where I was expecting your, uh, your laughter they, simply they, uh, because they – must have needed, They must have needed something to make spaghetti with. I mean, <laughs> you've, been, you've been watching Defiant along with me. I mean, I think you're caught up now, aren't you? Uh, I, or, well, I, have, I can watch yesterday's show. Other than that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I just watched yesterday's show today. So um, I just – Amari Palmer, or, or Amari as he is known on, on Defiant, is one of those guys that is way too green to be even in 
talks of a WWE contract. So it just it blows my mind that he was uh, that he's a guy that they chose to take. The way he wrestles, it, it's almost like he he's only been doing it for six months and he was thrust into the limelight just to have one match against uh, against Nathan Cruz. So, but this is the name that I well, want. Well, wait, wait, I I, I want to. I want to just say something about what you just said for a minute. And I think it's, I think we're, we're going to see this more and more in pro wrestling right now where, um, because of the, because of AEW coming up and the kind of talent wars that are going on right now, people trying to sign up everybody in sight, we're going to see this more and more where guys that, um, ordinarily would not, would not have been ready for ring of honor or for impact or for, even PWG or Evolve or, or even Progress De- or even Defiant or even Defiant are, are going to keep are going to get just keep getting snatched up and developed by those organizations rather than being allowed to develop on the indies and getting snatched up that way. I mean, I mean Jungle Boy's only been wrestling for what a year and a half. He's only and got like he, what, a dozen matches under his belt and, he, and he's been signed. He's um, a big signing of AEW, somebody that they actually went out of their way to make a. And that's got to be name value alone, the fact that he's uh, Luke Perry's kid. But it, it, I'm right there with you, too. It, it's a, like I don't want to call Defiant because I am starting to enjoy aspects of Defiant to the point where I am going to keep watching even though what happened la- on Saturday night happened. Um, I'm still going to keep watching it because I am enjoying some of the characters. I'm starting to develop uh, – a, a deeper understanding for the storylines and enjoying what's going on. At the same time, they have some talent on that roster that should not be on that roster yet. These are guys that should be wrestling in some of the out of, out of the limelight promotions, like Amari Palmer is one of those guys that should not be on a weekly TV show yet. He needs to hone his craft a whole lot more. And just when you watch him wrestle and you see the way that he he reacts to things, he doesn't have the emotional range to bring the drama that you need in there. Right. I mean, I mean, they're, they're, WWE is now at a point where they need something more like um, OBW or um, <laughs> they need a training center for their training center. They do. They they need like a minor league. Because because NXT is is not minor league. I mean NXT is an That's alternative to, to to WWE or anything. I mean they might WWE might consider them to be a minor league because they call up people from there. But in actuality, it's a whole other brand. It's it is a whole other brand. They they have their own audience. They they sell out arenas. You know I mean I mean they sell out arenas. You know that that Ring of Honor just started selling out like last year. You right. know what I mean and they have been for for several years. So I mean. To call Ring of to call NXT a um, a minor league is is really you know missing the point at this point. So, the, right. so yeah, they they do need something smaller that they're just going to have booked like and booked like a, a real like traveling indie or just no, no. even even in one spot. You know whether that rather than being on television all that kind of stuff just to get people exposure to crowds before they then move on to NXT. I agree with that. Like, like bring, maybe bringing back FCW or even oh, you, you mentioned Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, right. You know, to bring back those type of promotions where 
somebody like Amari Palmer belongs. He doesn't belong on a weekly television show that has pay-per-views that sell out. You know, he belongs in that developmental territory. And that makes me think of um, one of the most embarrassing things I've seen on NXT ever um, happened this last week. And you said you're not going to watch it. Uh, I can't remember what we were talking about, but it was uh, there was a guy named Eric Bugenhofen, I believe was his last name, who was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen on TV. He came out pretending he was an 80s air guitarist. An 80s 80s air guitarist? Yeah. He was an air guitarist who could hit high notes, and he made sure to do that throughout the entire match against, um, you might think of the guy's name, 205, the guy that uh, was protesting against the no-fly zone. Um, The fuck's his name? No fun done? No. No. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, God, what was his name? On 205 Live? Yeah. I never watched 205 Live. Well, you had to have heard his name, though. Um, why? <laughs> I, I don't know who that would have been. It, it, I, wasn't Drew, it wasn't Drew Gulak, was it? Yeah, it was. Drew Gulak. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, and, I mean, Drew Gulak had a match with him. And he got on the mic afterwards and literally said, this was an embarrassment. I didn't come here to have a match against some joke like this. And even Nigel was making fun of this guy this entire, the entire match. And then he actually had a match against Matt Riddle that was really, really good. Um, who did? Boogie guy? No, Drew Gulak. Okay, because when you say Matt Riddle and you say good match, I, I really... Uh, Wonder if if I should start questioning your sanity. And I was thinking that same thing. I was thinking I, that same thing about uh, you know the fact that Matt Riddle actually had a good match. But I have to say that the match he put on with Gulak was a good damn match. I was actually enthralled by it. Okay. It it, it shocked me too because I cannot stand Matt Riddle. Can't stand him. I went back and, you know, watching MLW and seeing some of his matches on the MLW, I just, I, I can't stand the guy. You know, but he put on a really, really good match with Drew Gulak. And maybe it's, he has to have that sort of, um, maybe he needs to have that kind of guy that's going to get down and ground and pound like him, like they did in the uh, UFC or MMA, wherever he was from. I don't know if he was ever UFC. But he he put on a damn good match. It, it shocked me too. So just so you know. Well, I mean, and I realize he was one of the hottest guys in the indies before WWE signed him up. But I'm I'm just uh, maybe it's I, the, I, I, I've, I've been unimpressed with him so far. It might be the bro character that's got me kind of down on him. But well, it, I, I also think that it looks like he wears, he wrestles in in uh, boxer briefs and, and boxer briefs and, and and yeah no and no shoes on. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. And kicks off his sandals and just annoys the piss out of both of us. Did right. I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> I no, think so. I, it just it it was one of those shocking things. Like I saw him in a match against Shane Strickland. Uh, God, in MLW. 
that I was not impressed with, not even slightly. Anything he's done in, in uh, NXT, I've not been impressed with. But the fact that he put on this kind of match of Drew Gulak really stuck out, and it was something I was really impressed with. But now, wait, 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 are you, wait, are you talking about Shane Strickland or Matt Riddle? I'm confused. Matt Riddle. Okay, go ahead. Shane Strickland's still boring. Okay. Um, but now, the last guy that we need to get your take on here. I'm going to run down the other people before I go to this guy because I don't think you're going to recognize any names except for Rachel Ellering, uh, which is Paul Ellering's uh, daughter, wrestled in TNA for a little bit. Um, you also have uh, someone named Karen Q, the tag team 3.0. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean somebody named Karen Q? She was, a, she was just at Final Battle, wasn't she? No. Okay. Karen Q? No, somebody else. Okay. Um, Elliot Sexton, Jonah Rock, Nick Camarado, Ricardo Miller, and, and, and Omari Palmer. But, I mean, those are the other people that came in. Now, this one is going to set you on a world of tangents. Samuel Shaw is the newest member of NXT. Yes! Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> he won't be on the fucking Crockett Club. Yay! <laughs> That's not what you were expecting, was it? Not even close, but it works. <laughs> I wanted to worry about him being on, on uh, 10,000 Gold, which I haven't watched for a while anyway, but I wanted to worry about him being at the Crockett Cup. I wanted to worry about him about trying to pretend like he has any talent. He, he's exactly the kind of guy that WWE should sign, and then he should lose his job within like six months. So, <laughs> I, I just hope they bill him from somewhere instead of parts unknown. <laughs> That's all I care about. Just have him come from Phoenix or something. You know where he should be from? He should be from Mortal Kombat. You know what? Yeah. Oh, my God. I never noticed that before. But yes. <laughs> now, are they, are they going to build Bill ACH from another world like they do now? Speaking of which, am I the one that's getting, getting a kick out of, out of the way that Chris Haven kept getting announced? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that too. <laughs> I feel bad. I hope his I hope his injury isn't career ending because I think he still has a few more years. Um, I think they said on one of the ROH shows he'd be he's going to be out like eight to ten months. Another thing that I really kind of uh, did you watch the latest being the elite that came out this morning? No, I haven't watched last week's or this week's show. Okay, well, on being the elite, they're starting to refer to Christopher Daniels as Doctor Doctor Daniels. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Why? Why are they referring to him like that? Do you maybe have any be- clue? Maybe he's becoming a dentist because of that whole tooth thing. <laughs> Which reminds me of what Vic Joseph said on that tournament last. Right. That was like the one thing. That was one thing I. That was like basically one of the few things I enjoyed about that about that uh, um, World's Quiet tournament. But Adam Cole got socked right in the mouth by. Um, uh, Tyler Bate and Vic Joseph said, "Well, it's a good thing Adam Cole knows a dentist," <laughs> which is so inside baseball that it was hilarious. Right. I mean, that's like that's uh, you know the fact that they're playing off his uh, his wife is just really really funny. Well, girlfriend, that's close enough. Well, yeah. But yeah, when you said that to me, I, I literally I laughed out loud and I was in the middle of a call. 
Yeah, I laughed out loud too when I saw when I read that or when I heard him say that. So, but to be fair, I did warn you. I said Vic Joseph made me laugh out loud, and you're like, "What did he say?" So, if you're in the middle of the call and you read that, that was your own fault. Well, that's true. But <laughs> I mean, I didn't uh, when I was. Uh, uh, I still haven't seen Worlds Collide. When you, were, when, you were, when you were a young warthog, is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still haven't seen Wor- Worlds Collide because now I'm so enthralled in MLW that I've got to get caught up. Between Tom Lawler and Teddy Hart, I can't stop watching that damn show. Did you ever find out if uh, War Games is actually on there or not? Yeah, it was. Um, okay, they they the broke it up. It was. No, because it was a, it, the War Games was like a 45-minute match. Um, and they, they broke it up into one episode, and then they broke the other matches from that card into two other episodes. So it actually turned out to be three weekly episodes instead ah, of okay. – which worked out well. I mean, the War Games match itself was – I don't want to say anything because you're going to watch it, and we'll talk about it when you get there. Um, after, after you do watch it, though, I want to go back, and I want to watch the one from 2002 – between the um, Extreme Horsemen and the MLW Best or whatever they, they call them. Because I have this odd feeling that one's going to be a lot better and a lot more like what we're used to. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, but after you get caught up, I, wanna, I want you to watch this one first so that you can, you can see where I'm at. I don't really want to say whether I liked it or not until you've had a chance to watch it. Okay. Um, now, so now you know the NXT call-ups. Um, and I don't know, are we going to go a little long today since we started way fucking late? Um, we, still yeah. have, we still have both Unstoppable and Ring of Honor to talk about. Well, we're not going to talk about Ring of Honor. We're not going to talk about Ring of Honor today. Haven't you watched any of it? No. Oh, really? No. Dude, I watched the whole, almost the whole thing today. Almost the whole, wait, wait what, oh, the, the thing from, from this weekend? Yeah, bomb by honor. Yeah, you you no, you did not. You listened to it. You did not I watch watched it. Don't tell me, it. Don't I watched tell me you it on watched breaks. It. I watched it on breaks. Well, I did not. So deal with it. All right. Well, let's just um, a couple of things that you're going to find out right away. Nick Aldis is filling in for Ian Riccaboni because Riccaboni was in the waiting room uh, awaiting the birth of their second child. Whoa, Nick whoa, 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 wait, wait, Nick Aldis and Ian Riccaboni were having a child. I didn't no. know they had a first child together. Damn you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is not what I said. That's what I heard. But Nick Aldis was on uh, commentary with Caprice Coleman. And uh, Aldis did a really fucking good job. Like, he's got, he's got a future in commentary. He absolutely does. That's Brian. He, he has a future in commentary. Absolutely. Um, and I mentioned this earlier. I, I don't know what's going on with the Rhett Titus gimmick, but it's either got to stop or they got to define it as a comedy because there is no reason why. Have you seen Jack, uh, Jay Briscoe and all of his abs? Yes. Yeah, there's no reason why Rhett Titus should have been out there calling him fat. He has better muscle tone than Rhett Titus does. Yeah, Rhett Titus is a moron. <clears throat> but... You know, and then there were a few other decent matches in there. There's uh, the boys against uh, um, Dalton Castle and the boys against Shinobi Shadow Squad, and I hate to say it, but it was a fucking decent match. 
I think uh, ZSJ and Colt Cabana was fairly decent. There were a couple other decent matches. So I'll let you watch that. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll try to watch it this week sometime. Possibly. I just, I think Nick, <laughs> Nick Aldis and his, um, his commentary was well worth it. Okay. Well worth it. Cool. So on to Unstoppable. The big defiant pay-per-view that we were waiting for to see if you wanted to continue watching or not. Correct. Now me, I'm going to continue watching because, to be honest, I'm just I'm really starting to enjoy the storylines and everything going on with it. Um, but I have a feeling this is going to be the death nail for you. Okay. Now, of course, we talked about the CC blah. Now instead of CCB, now they're CC blah, and the um. Was it uh, South Coast Connection? No. Aussie Open. About how there was literally no storyline built up there. Right. Well, uh, on top of there not being a storyline built up there, the surprise guest partner was Lucky Kid. Oh, I'm so surprised. Now, I enjoy Lucky Kid and his goofiness Mm -hmm. to a point. But there is no reason why Lucky Kid should have ever been in a title match, ever, ever. So well, that, ever's, well, ever's a little strong, don't you think? I mean, he's got, he's got time to be built up to that point. Yeah, but he's got to be a much less... I mean, where Minoru Suzuki plays the lunatic perfectly, Lucky Kid almost plays a insane asylum patient who should still be locked up. Like watching him roll on the mat while he's waiting for his uh, opponent to get announced and things like that is borderline just not even crazy. I, I, I don't know where to go with it. I don't know what to, what to even think about it. But it's that kind of comedy character that's not even a comedy character. It's something that you feel sad for. Yeah, it's kind of along the lines. I, mean, I, I guess I would have to agree about about well about that, but also about him getting a title shot is kind of kind of along the same lines as Santino Morello winning the Intercontinental Championship from Umaga on his first ever match. Exactly, <laughs> and, and started dressing like a woman. It's, I don't know. I think Lucky Kid, which is where you got, which is where you got your inspiration from, if I if I recall correctly. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Lucky Kid does have some potential. I really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was great. There comes to a point where I just have to roll with it and move on, or we're going to come. I just I think Lucky Kid does have the potential to be something phenomenal. I think he's good in the ring when he focuses. I think he needs to tone down his antics a little bit, and he'll be a good character. Um, but. We had two, outside of that match, which I think was horribly booked from the beginning, um, we had two other matches that were really, really prominently booked. Um, you know, and not outside of the David Starr Rampage match, which I'm not going to, I don't know, do you care about the ending of it? Are you ever going to watch this? Because um, it, is, it is David Starr. And, and it's somebody who I think is very talented, who I think deserves a run in a in a major spot in a promotion. I think he's he's a guy who's been underrated for a very long time and I think he he will get his time. 
It just doesn't happen now because he lost a rampage. Oh my so, god! Why? Exactly. What is rampage to me is just bland and bad. And now he's the longest reigning defiant champion of all time. Wow. Yes. So now on to the good parts. What would David Starr just end up with AEW then? Because you know he doesn't. If they're not gonna, if, they're not, if he can't even be the champion over there, then maybe it's just time for him to leave. Or I think he pulls a Mark Haskins and comes to Ring of Honor. I think he's, I think he could really shine in Ring of Honor. Oh, speaking of Ring of Honor, that's another thing that happened is uh, the whole lifeblood angle. They brought back and they had five members of the lifeblood against a couple of other tag teams, the Bouncers and somebody else. Oh, okay. So, you know, we got to talk about that, too, before we go, because I, I told you to remind me and you forgot to. <laughs> um, but Whoa. Wait, don't don't I don't I still want to watch that show from this weekend though? No, I, what I want to talk about is the fact that um, I said it this morning about how certain uh, pay per view or promotions like un- oh yeah you want you wanted to whine about no I, I did enough bitching on this show for both of us I think I don't think I don't think we need to do the bitching this week. Well, just you know, I, I WWF back in the day when they were taping their shows, they still were on top of their pay per views. Like the very next tape show they did dubbed in uh, spots to show what happened and pictures and commentary and things like that. Both Ring of Honor and Defiant have a real problem with that because we talked about it last week about how they're two weeks into this uh, whole lifeblood angle and they still haven't mentioned it to the point where Juice Robinson was on the microphone talking about his stablemate about how he doesn't know him from a ham sandwich. You know, it, it's just, and now they had another major match where Juice Robinson was teaming with Tracy Williams. Oh, the same week that he said he didn't know Tracy Williams from a ham sandwich on the actual show. I just think they need to tighten that up a little bit. And Defiant did the same thing where there was no mention of Unstoppable. So obviously their shows are taped too. Right. I just think that if they're gonna if they're gonna run shows on tape delay like that, they know the storylines coming up. Unless there's the unforeseen that changes, they always know the storylines coming up. They need to do a better job of tying those in because it feels like I'm watching two separate promotions when I'm watching a, a Bound by Honor and seeing all of these storylines happening with the lifeblood and things like that, and then going back and watching. Ring of Honor TV this week, and they're probably not even going to talk about Lifeblood again. Yeah, you're you're probably better off just either watching just watching one or the other. You know, either watching the TV show or watching the Honor Club exclusives because you're going to get the same story either way. You know, and and uh, you could always just go back and watch it. Say if you watch the um, watch the Honor Club exclusives. You know, if if you want to see something that they talk about on on those shows, you can always go back and watch it on the TVs. But I mean, the TV is is always going to be three, at four, least two, at least three or four, ahead. yeah, at least three or four weeks ahead, you know, of uh, or, or behind of what's happening on on the Honor Club exclusives. So why not just, I don't know, do that. <laughs> I think I might have to. That would save me time so I could watch more things like NJPW's shows and, and stuff like that. Because it's getting caught up on the weekly shows when they're going to be that far off on them is just, it's not even fun. Right. And that's, and that's what I, and that's why, you know, I, I don't, 
see any point in following it because I kind of because I kind of came to that conclusion though I never really I guess talked to you about about it. So. Okay, well, the last two things about Unstoppable, and these are things that really annoyed me because these were major angles. And I understand injuries happen and everything, and not watching the show, I don't know how they tied it in. But we had this big storyline with El Fantasmo and his missing glasses. Right. And how that got him a title shot against Martin Kirby. Which he probably lost. No, he didn't even make it. Of course not. He got a concussion uh, like three or four days beforehand. And instead of replacing him with somebody who actually stood a chance against Martin Kirby, they threw the same guy in that Martin Kirby has um, had really squash matches with the last couple times on TV where he's been talking on the microphone the whole time while he's beating this guy up. And Benji. Benji? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, of course, Martin Kirby is still your internet champion. The other, the other thing that it really kind of got to me was the fact that Jimmy Havoc was injured. Really? So he didn't show up either. So um, No Fun Done still had a title match for the, the Hardcore Championship, and he's the new Defiant Hardcore Champion. But he had a three-way championship match against the rest of the anti-fun police. Of course he did. So we had Dunn oh, versus, San- versus Santos versus Drake. In a non-hard in a non card match, right? In a in and I don't you know I don't want to speculate. Well, I'm assuming it was still going to be the anti-hardcore match. Yeah, but did they really have a match? This is the leader of anti-fun police having a match against his two subordinates. Well, they I'm, sure they all to be, I'm sure they all wanted to be the prestigious. Um, defiant hardcore champion. I don't know. I just when I I looked at this booking and I think I said to you, "Holy fuck, what is wrong with Defiant and their booking?" I get injuries happen. I get things need to be changed on the fly, but you can't have a tag team championship match without promoting it, and they didn't promote it. Eight weeks of of um, Defiant TV shows. And it was in the very first week, and then there was a little snippet backroom segment the last week. Other than that, there was nothing about this match the entire, the entire time. You know, and then to throw in, you lose a guy like Jimmy Havoc, that's fine. Bring someone else out to, to go against Dunn. Not let him have a three-way match against his two stablemates. Right. You know, and the same thing with, uh, you know, Benji. It, okay, you know, El Fantasmo got injured, great. I get that. But to have him, to have Benji, a guy who's just been embarrassed twice by Martin Kirby, it just didn't sit well. The whole thing just didn't sit well with me. And then, and then you also have to take into account this wasn't just a television event. This is something that they were asking, actually asking people to pay for. Right, exactly. And, and, you, stick, and you stick Lucky Kid, Lucky Kid and Benj, Benji into two title matches and then you have a stable wrestle a th- wrestle a quote unquote triple threat match against each third, other against each other for a third championship right not just, cool bro not cool to have three championships t- um, come down to that it was just that was an embarrassment and then and then you top it off by not having David Starr win the world championship exactly 
a guy who is a major star. I mean, he is somebody who's going to be, and he should already be, a champion of a of a promotion somewhere. He's he's got more talent. He's probably got the most talent on that roster. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen anything on a rampage that I've been impressed with. Uh, you know, David Starr, I'm impressed with. I'm impressed with El Fantasmo. I like Lucky Kid to a point. Um, you know, and Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins, now that they're both gone, that's a whole other issue. Nathan Cruz is a guy that I like, but... And we're both fans of Martin Kirby, at least his, at least his mic work. We haven't really seen a lot of him in the ring yet. Well, him coming out but wrapped in bubble wrap is still one of my favorite moments ever. Right. But, I mean, we haven't really... Yeah, but we really haven't seen him wrestle in a feature in a feature length match. I mean, the match against Walter, he basically got his got his bubble wrap kicked, you know. <laughs> yeah, for most of the match, and then he yeah. pulled something out at the end, and you know, and then the other two matches we've seen have been squash ma- squash squash matches against Benji. Um. Wait, so ha- why ha- does Havoc ha- went to AEW, didn't he? He did, but it's non-exclusive. So I was going to say because because he, he wasn't. Uh, because he wasn't announced on the ticket um, party, that's what I was wondering. No, I, but I thought I had heard that though. He was on an episode of uh, Road to Double or Nothing, where they were talking to him on the phone. Okay. And he did. The news came out afterwards that he did sign a contract with AEW, but it's a non-exclusive contract. So he's still going to show up in in progress and defiant places like that. Ah, uh, okay. But. And the only reason he didn't make this match is because he got injured in, in an MLW match, which is why he had to call out of this one. But still, there should have been somebody to take his place or call off the non-title or call off the title match altogether, and have it be, you know, no fun done against somebody else or Chief Deputy done or whatever the hell he goes by. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think I'm pretty much done with that promotion now. I I'm still gonna stick with it because I'm I'm caught up. It's only an hour out of my or 45 minutes out of my time. There's still some entertaining parts to it. You still have plenty of time to listen to that during your work day. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have to actually watch it. <laughs> I don't have to actually watch the product. I, I, I enjoy so I, I enjoy so much giving you shit about that. I know. Hey, it's either that or music, one or the other. All right, so, well, yeah, but you, you have, there's plenty of music out there you can listen to. Yeah, uh, but I've listened to it all. You've listened to all the music in existence. Pretty much. I think there's some probably. I think we probably need to get you into this African click language music. No, okay. I guess I haven't listened to everything. Yeah, but and yeah, but now we need to get you into it because you said that. No, no, we don't. Well, we, I like that idea personally. We really, truly do not need to get me into African click music. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Okay. Um, so, do we want to talk about the about this about this stuff happened at the at the ticket party or or what? That's pretty much all we haven't covered, isn't it? I think so. I think we got everything else. All right. So, did you did you finally go back and watch the entire thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. I, an, I did text it. Do you remember me texting you? I wanted your opinion on something, and you never fucking responded. Um, oh no, I remember. I was saving it for the show because we get into a habit of talking about this stuff, and then not actually talking about it on the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought it was a very weird way to start the actual show by having 
Sonny Kiss come out simply because, um, as far as I'm aware, he's not anybody that anybody knows of. Yeah, he's a. I did some research on him after the fact, and he's a um, Lucha Underground guy. Okay. He's been on Lucha Underground, but not with the Sunny Kiss uh, type of um, character. Well, I've seen parts of season one and season two, and I've never seen. I guess he came in and him two. before. He came oh, in okay. season three. Okay. Which ne- neither you or I watched. But he's a. Um, I. I'm concerned about this character, not. Because I really care about, you know, whatever is going on. But we've tried this character twice, and it's failed. And you see it right now with Visage in Defiant. You see it, you've seen it with um, uh, Orlando Bloom back in his Impact days, or TNA days. Wait, Orlando Bloom? Or what was his name? Orlando Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Orlando Jordan is what I'm trying Will to say. Will Turner, the cross <laughs> It just, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the character. Shut up. Well, I mean, I, I personally um, don't care, you know, who anybody sleeps with or anything like that. But I do, but I honestly, I, I have, all, you know, at the risk of being called prejudiced or whatever, I always have had a problem with guys that act like women. So, um, so I mean that. So I mean that to me does is a big turnoff for me, honestly, in in multiple ways, I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, if you but, think but, about but, if you but think I mean, about it, but I mean, but I mean, I really, I really don't see. I mean, and I re- not everything on everything. Not everything has to be for me. I get it. Um, but at the same time, he's probably going to be somebody that I get up and go to get a drink of water or go to the bathroom or something when he comes on my television. Kind of like Visage on Defiant. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna, it's just gonna. Well, but Visage, but you know, Visage. I guess, I guess, I don't have as much of a problem with because because usually he takes he takes off the wig and he starts, you know, beating people's asses and stuff. But uh, who was? And we also there was also that other guy in Lucha Underground that was kind of like a crossdresser type too. I can't think of what his name was. The only person I've ever seen pull off this character, this type of character, was Goldust. Yeah. Dustin Reynolds is the only person that has ever been able to pull off this type of character, whether it's true or not. You know, maybe this is who Sonny Kiss really is, and that's fine. I don't, I don't really care one way or the other. But if it's a mock, if if he's mocking it, if he's a character like Visage is or like uh, Orlando Jordan was, then I have an issue with it. I, dude, dude, if if he's not mocking it, then he's is doing a really good job of playing that character. Honestly, that's a good point. Um, but if you look at people uh, like Mike Knox, or is it Mike Knox? No. Uh, who's the guy on MLW? Was a stud stable guy. Mike Perot. Mike Perot and um, uh, Darren Young. Yeah. Both those guys were able to be men and not make a mockery of things. Right, and and I'm not, and I don't, you know, and if he really is that way in real life, and he, and he is, he is that type of a. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to use this term derogatorily, but I, I do believe that's what they're typically referred to as in, that are, you know, that are, that are gay people or queer people that, that act in that manner. I, you know, if he wants to, if he's like, you know, a queen, 
that you know that you know is popular and, and that kind of stuff. That's that's really cool. But I'm, like you said, I mean, it's it's not something that we've really seen succeed. Um, it's not something that I personally am comfortable with. Not be, not because of the not because of the of the um, sexual preference, but just because of, of that kind of I don't. That that just has always bothered me, you know. But and I mean, not, I mean, not the way not the way midgets bother me. But still, for, still me. for me, I could care either. I I could care less either way. If that's the way he is in real life, great. I'm more concerned about the fact that we've seen this character before and it fails every time, with the exception of Gold Dust. That character has never worked, and if they're doing this to make him a comedy character, I think it's a huge, huge misstep because I don't think that's the kind of thing that needs to be made fun of. You know, that would be like having a Virgil character come out in this day and age. Right. You understand what I'm saying without... You know, I don't know. I just I think it might be a huge misstep. If it is his his personality and that's the way he is normally, great. By all means, I I'm going to judge the guy about what he does in the ring. Orlando Jordan was not a good wrestler to begin with. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> but uh, so if Sonny Kiss is a is a great wrestler. I'm not going to you know look two ways about it. But at the same point, if this is a character thing that they're trying to do to get a laugh, that really disappoints me. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, other notable things from that uh, ticket rally. Um, I was thinking this when Cody was walking out. It's almost to a point with Cody Rhodes, Runnels, uh, or just plain Cody, that he is, I don't know how to say this because I, I don't want to call him the best wrestler of all time because he's not. I don't want to call him the best um, you know, promoter or anything like that. But when you look back at Cody's career and what Cody has accomplished from his time as part of Legacy to the dashing Cody Rhodes with the mustache, which is still one of my favorite characters of his. Um, to a, at that time, he was considered best wrestler in the world, but he just never got the got the got the spot, you know. And then to be able to pull off the Stardust character the way that he did, you know, his time, his tenure in, in WWE, that alone puts him on a high high pedestal. And then to say, you know what, I want my own creative control. I want to be my own man and quit the WWE, go out to the independents and do what he did out there with the whole list where he had this list of people he wanted to wrestle and to go out and put entertaining matches on across the country doing that. And then to walk in the ring of honor and bullet club and be the most compelling character of last year. Um, with the certain angles he did and the fact that he was able to, he's, he, he was in a rarefied air when you look at him where he was a face in Ring of Honor and then a, just a despicable heel in New Japan. And he was able to pull off both those characters without crossing, you know, without crossing them up. 
and then to you know to pull off all in like he did, and now to bet on himself again and start a promotion. You know, granted, we haven't seen anything about this promotion yet, other than the people they're signing. But so far, everything they're doing, they're doing right, except right. for the whole ticket thing today. Um, I. <laughs> I just think at this point, Cody Rhodes is going to go down as one of the best wrestling minds in the history of the business. Yeah, I think I think so too. I mean, you know, and, and, and you know, he learned, he learned it at one of the masters. You know, well, Dusty, yeah, too. I mean, yeah, learned from his dad and his brother. His brother, you know, paved the way too. But you know, and that's not taking anything away from Matt and Nick, who are marketing machines, and Kenny Omega, who's one of the best uh, in-ring storytellers of this generation. But Cody is so far in the hierarchy of wrestling itself. He is so far above the other three that it, it's just it's mind-boggling to think that this was a guy who was a fresh-faced um, nobody when he first came out, who was living off the Rhodes name when he first started with Legacy. I mean, Ted DiBiase was the junior was the guy that was pegged to be the megastar, right? And he's now what a teacher somewhere, and Cody is still in Cody's at the forefront of the wrestling business. Yeah. Well, you know, he was paid, maybe Ted DiBiase was paid to be the wrestling star, but I always thought that Cody was going to be the best star of those guys. And I guess I didn't. I, I was so caught up in in my Randy Orton love at that time that I didn't really pay too much of attention to these two, to those to Cody and and Ted until later on. I was able to go back and watch them and really appreciate what they were able to do with his. I mean, even when you look at Cody from his very first match, when he turned on Bob Holly, you know, when they became tag team champions and then he turned on Bob Holly in a match against uh, um, Ted DiBiase Jr. to win the titles and form legacy. It just, it's everything the guy has done has been magical when you look back at it. Yeah, and and even when he was giving crap to, to do in in WWE, he always turned it into something incredible. I can't believe that dashing Cody Rose was supposed to be a great character, but he <laughs> during that time he was the best wrestler on the planet. Yes, I mean, there was I mean there was talk when it, when they during that Money in the Bank ladder match when Damian Sandow won it. People that were ringside were talking about how he was calling the entire match from the floor. You know, it's just to have a wrestling mind like that to me is just an amazing thing. Yeah, and so and I still think it's weird that that when that happened, he did, he didn't end up winning that championship or winning that Money in the Bank briefcase from Sandow at that uh, at that SummerSlam. Oh, well, I mean, because we had to have Damian Sandow lose to Super Cena with that golf ball on his elbow. Well, of course we did. Or basketball. Jesus Christ. One-arm John Cena beat... Uh, I don't even want to get started on Damian Sandow now. A one-arm can be destroyed before the match, Damian right. Sandow. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and then other things that came out of that press conference. You had the, the Bucks and the... Um, uh, Lucha Brothers, which I thought was a lot of fun and kind of played off the last being the elite before that. Uh, you had the announcement with AAA and uh, the fact that... Uh, now, I don't know, is Sammy Guevara a member of All Elite? Or was he just there promoting AAA? 
I wasn't sure about that either, actually. I mean, I because he did, he did you know recently leave MLW, but he was already the AAA World Cruiserweight Cruise. Champion. Right. So so you know I really don't know if he's there as part of AAA or if he's part of AEW. I all I know is I felt sad because I just felt like I there's something magical about this guy that you and I saw at that NWA 70 show. Right. Uh, and it just felt like the audience wasn't connecting with him the way that you and I did. And, and that's, I, think, I, think they, I think they said we don't know him. Yeah, and, 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 and he also case, and he also but, was, and he also wasn't really playing the same character as as we saw him play in the NWA. I mean, he was he was very, he was very humble. He was talking about promoting AAA. Right. He didn't he true. didn't he didn't really put on that same um, charisma. You know that that we had seen it. You know, part of it could have been a stage fright, or, but I mean, I think a lot of it was simply that he was out there to promote a brand rather than to promote himself. Well, when he when he came out, I, I just remember because he came out after a failed interview, um, and he not only was able to off the cuff talk about that failed interview, but then also promote the Mister Money's Worth character. That alone got us liking him, and then when we saw his performance in the ring. It was it was like I gotta watch more of this guy, and I've been very disappointed in his run in MLW. I've seen he's only been on maybe two matches, and I'm up to episode twenty nine. Um, and he's only had a couple of matches, and and both of them have been underwhelming. Um, but I just I hope that what we saw at NW seventy is a Sammy Guevara we're going to get going forward. And that uh, you know he is he is with AEW and not just promoting AAA. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, I'd love to see him be a big part of their shows, and it might be a you know a kind of deal where you know it's he works for AEW in the U.S. and he works for AAA in Mexico. Yeah, you know something and, like that, and that's you know similar to the contracts that that. Uh, Pentagon and Phoenix are rumored to have. Well, and, and Phoenix is the current world champion in in AAA too. So, right, you know, he's he's got his. Well, doesn't he kind of have a working contract with like seven or eight different promotions, both him and and uh, Pentagon? They do, but I but I think the way that things I think the way that there's that is kind of structured with AEW is that as the contract you know go, goes forward, that there are other stuff that, you know starts tapering off. So they'll basically I think only be working for AAA and AEW and perhaps Lucha Underground if Lucha Underground gets gets uh, back up. And, and I've heard a rumor. I don't know how true it is, but I have heard a rumor that the cons are looking into possibly um, backing Lucha Underground. If they do, I don't want them to lose anything that Lucha Underground has done. No, I don't want them to either. But it would be nice if, if, if you know, it kind of did a trade for backing them and, and funding them for another season that they got to use more of the talent, like Joey Ryan, and because Joey Ryan is pretty much screwed at this point. Joey Ryan, son of Havoc. Um, I don't know who. I don't know who else. Well, um, I, like, I like I like Aerostar. Aerostar's yeah, cool. yeah. And there's a lot of wrestlers on that. You know, Willie Mack. It, I think he's still under deal with Lucha Underground too. Granted, I can't stand Willie Mack, um, but I will give NWA credit. 
they have uh, launched an offshoot of 10 pounds of gold where they're following the NWA national title around. Oh, what's that called? I, I don't know. It's just an NWA special. I haven't seen a, a, an official name for it. Okay. But it has been, you know, pretty much following uh, Willie Mack around. Oh, okay. So it's been interesting. I mean, there's been a he's had a couple of matches, but I just I can't get into the Willie Mack character. I just can't. I don't know why. I just cannot get into it. Well, that's what I was wondering is, you know, you and I both kind of talked about there's part there's things that we that we like about Willie Mack and there's things that that really have turned us off when we heard him talk. So <laughs> Yeah, the fact so, that so, he... so 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 it'd be interesting it'd be interesting I think for me to to watch that a few times to see how which way I decide I decide to lean on him. It's not there's something about him where it's not he's not humble in any way, but he's still playing that poor me attitude. And I think that's what drives me off off about him it's like you either be a humble poor kid from the streets but you're not doing it right you're not doing it in a way that evokes emotion to where i care that you came from the streets and and i i want to like his character i want to like him a lot because he is very talented in the ring but there's just something about every time he gets on the mic, it's with the poor me attitude. And there was something he said, and I can't remember who he said it to. It was a guy that attacked him after he won the match before he uh, faced Sam Shaw. Where in Hollywood, uh, NWA Wrestling of Hollywood or whatever it's called. Um, I can't, what's the name of it? Uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, where, um, you know, this guy comes out and he wants to face uh, Nick Aldis because he, that's his whole reason for being there is to get a world title shot. And he keeps calling Willie Mack's national title uh, just a trinket. And <laughs> I, do you remember what the guy's name was? It's bugging me now. Um, I'm trying to think. Not to, I can't think of it. Uh, not Josephus, right? No. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Is it uh, Pete Av- Peter Avalon? No. Well, I, I don't know. I'm looking it up here, but I, okay. if you've got anything from All In, go for it. Cause from All said, In? From All Elite? From, yeah, yeah, from uh, the well, press conference. One, th- one thing I'm concerned about with, with, with what happened at the press conference is that the Lucha Brothers attacked the Young Bucks. And while I think that that tag team match is going to be outstanding, what I'm, what I'm concerned about is I don't want those two guys to be stuck in a tag team. I think they're, I think they're both amazing sing, singles wrestlers. And while there are definitely big names in both tag team and singles, I really want both guys to be separate singles performers. And I think both of them... Um, would be um, I think both of them would, would be better off if they were kind of kept, kept separate from each other and had separate paths to main event or you know mid card whatever um, so I don't know well and I mean you and I kind of had this discussion earlier and shout out to Doc says um, you know he came back to wrestling finally after having what a six month hiatus uh, a few months, yeah. 
And he's, uh, you know, coming back with something that I really wish we would have thought of first because it's a brilliant idea with having the best uh, 64 wrestlers from 2018 square off in a March Madness type show. So, you know, listen to Doc Says. That's going to be, that's just going to be a fun little segment he does. Right. Um, But it was something that, because you and I kind of, we were talking about it on a sidebar thing while you were going through, and I'm giving you guys that I think should be in this tier and that tier and this tier and that tier. And when it came to tag teams, you know, like I felt Matt Jackson was a no-brainer with the year he had at like a 16 or 17 uh, seed. Or, no, um, how many seats is what, 18 seats? How many? 16 seats. 16 seats. Well, there were the 64 seats, so, yeah, there's 61. 60, 64 um, 60, 65 because you got the plan game, but uh, 64, right. so 16 seeds. Um, you know, and where I felt like Matt Jackson should have been middle of the road, you guys bumped him down to a 16 seed because he was part of a tag team. Well, him, him, he, and right because the idea was to rate the best singles wrestlers in the world, but but I argued that you know Matt Jackson was literally one of the top five professional wrestlers in the world last year and he had to make the make the card and and basically another guy argued that Nick should too for different reasons and so basically well, we ended up with, with both Young Bucks on the in in that field of sixty four is fifteen seats. And they should have. And they you know, both of them should have been. And I mean Nick Jackson for the fact that he is just an athletic freak and he was able to um we look at Matt Jackson the year Matt Jackson had with his storytelling of the um, of the back injury, but Don Callis during Wrestle Kingdom actually said it, where it's like you look at Nick Jackson and because Matt had this injured back all year, Nick Jackson pretty much carried the team. And when you look back at the performance that Nick had, where he was playing off Matt, we were so caught up on what Matt was doing that we never even looked at Nick and, and the performance Nick did. They both deserve the spot on that. But there's so many other tag teams that if you take their individual performances, probably could have made that list too. But and not to get away from my original point, you know, we, ta- we were talking about tag teams, and I brought up the point that I thought Pentagon and Phoenix should have been listed as a tag team. And that was my argument where if the Jacksons are 15 seeds, 16 seeds, how are they rated so low when they individually were such great performers, but the Lucha Brothers were, what, three and four seeds? Because they did more as singles wrestlers. It's that simple, you know? Yeah, and that, I mean, Pentagon was an Impact champion. Phoenix was a AAA champion. Their MLW matches were amazing. So I, I kind of get that now, but at the, at the time, I when I look at the Lucha Brothers, I look at them as as a tag team right now. I don't look at them as single wrestlers. Gotcha. But but they are. I mean, they are, they are single. Oh, they are. I mean, yeah, I agree. They are. It's just I'm not looking at them like that. Does uh, make any sense at all? It does. So what else happened during uh, the press conference? I'm trying to rack my so brain trying, here. So trying to find that wrestler you're talking about? <laughs> I, 
Yeah, and I can't, and it's driving me up a wall. Um, what else happened was that uh, Hangman and Pac match became official. Pac basically lit Hangman uh, out <laughs> on there. Um, we got uh, SCU challenging. Who were they challenging? Um, the guys they, from they challenged Chima and two guys from OWE to a to a match. Um, let's see what else. Um, we had we had some women's some women wrestlers introduced. None of them I really was familiar with. Um, Although so that one was like that one was like ridiculously gorgeous. Like I'm talking Tessa Blanchard, gorgeous. Was she? I thought so. All right. What the hell was her name? I don't know. I don't remember any of them. <sighs> what good are you? So I said some women I never heard of before. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Um. That's another thing too. Hey. Yeah, we're talking about next week, though, the Ring of Honor thing. There's something that happened on that show that really kind of angered me. Okay. That's a teaser for next week. Okay. Um. And we had, um, I'm still trying to find this guy. It's, this is really going to piss me off. Why is he pissing you off? Because I can't remember his name. Okay, so explain this to me again, and I'll, try, and I'll see if I can figure it out for you. Uh, he was in the NWA 70. He was in the, I want to say, the same match that... Um, that... What the fuck is this? The same match that uh, Willie Mack was in. Jay Bradley. That's the guy's name. Okay. Uh, he had a match uh, on that NWA national title that they're that they're doing, like the ten pounds of gold. I just thought it was kind of cool that they're, you know, they they don't have their weekly TV show like we want them to have, but they're still going out of their way to spotlight the uh, championships. And I hope they I hope they do it with jazz and I hope they do it with the uh tag team titles when that finally comes out. Gotcha. Um Yeah, I mean we we have the Crockett Cup coming up, but we really haven't had a ton of it a ton announced for that yet, but it's that's up that's coming up right in April, right? Yeah, and the only team that's been announced for that is PCO and Brody, uh not Brody. Um, wow, I am Yeah, is his name Brody? Brody King, right? Brody King, yeah Yeah. That's the only tag team that's been announced for it so far Yeah Which, they gotta start getting They gotta get going on this Because that's not They've only got three, two months left To promote this Something like that, yeah you know what I mean, and, and that's and that's one of the things about the NWA is that you know that's all they do is is this kind of stuff, and we you know we really have no way to no other way to follow them, so it's it's kind of 
difficult. You know what I mean? Well, it's I mean, if you don't follow them on the on their YouTube channel, you just have no clue what's going on. Right. Like Peter Avalon is actually making a a show right now. He's somebody that's really been I don't want to say he's been at the forefront of the whole NWA thing. Um, you've also got uh, Nick Aldis came out and he has a um, open challenge to Tim Storm to uh, get a shot at the title again. But if, if Tim Storm loses, then he never gets another shot at the title. So, I mean, that's a that's another uh, storyline that actually has some merit to it where it could be an interesting storyline. They've got some good things going. They just don't have the right avenue right now to promote it. Okay. And that, well, I mean, that's, that's interesting. Is that, is, is that going to be on Crockett Cup, though? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, they haven't announced anything for because right now the next uh, NWA title the next NWA title match that I know of is um, PJ Black versus Nick Aldis. And I also saw where uh, um, uh, Marty Skrull challenged uh, Nick Aldis too. So it, it doesn't, I don't know when they, they're going to have that match. I don't know if they're going to save that for an anniversary show or another pay-per-view. And they're going to let uh, Tim Storm build up to it. But you know, I guess it is what it is. Well, folks, we have we have the the nice lady uh, here in our ear telling us that we're going off the ear in like forty five seconds. So, um, Jeff, do you want to you want to hit our social media stuff? Yep, follow us on Facebook. Uh, just search Kingdom of Honor. Look for the skull with the crown in front of a ring. Um, like us, message us. Share us with all your friends. Uh, also follow us on Twitter. You can do uh, at Regi Co-op, at Zanman L-O-P, and hashtag Kingdom of Honor. We check it daily. We love the suggestions, and we do what we can to uh, follow up on them. Awesome. Um, and next, next week, we'll try to catch caught up on the ROH and New Japan stuff we have not seen yet. Uh, Jeff will try to tell us more about, about that shitty Defiant, and that's all I've that's all we've got. Stay tuned, stay tuned to the other shows here at LOP Radio. Long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff is going to wish you goodbye. <laughs>